3: Of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Names, dates, and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Sellout.
4: It is 6:30 p.m. Friday, September 15, 1949, in Corbel, Texas. Jim Reeves, owner of the local hardware store, is waiting on his last customers at the end of the first day of a closing out sale.
5: Well, that'll be $24.61 for the lot. Thank you, Miss Looney. And I sure hope everything'll be satisfactory.
6: Here's my ticket for the deep freeze, Jim. Hundred and
5: forty-eight bucks, I mind, huh? That'll do it, Charlie. Couldn't pick one up for a price like that any other time.
6: (laughs) I know it. Ah, Jim, I just can't believe you're really
5: leaving us. Getting too old for this kind of work, Charlie. Me and Carrie have been looking forward a long time to living near Beth up there in Fort Worth. Yeah, I'm sure glad the sale's been going so well.
6: Been such a flock of people in and out of here all day. looks like they bees you on bingo night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's going real good. Think we'll be sold out tomorrow. Well, ain't gonna say goodbye now, Jim, because I'll be seeing you tomorrow anyway when I pick up that deep freeze. Of course you will.
5: night, Charlie, and thank you. Nancy Did you
1: call me Mr.
5: Reeves? Yeah, I'm gonna lock up now Reckon you're about as tired as I am I'm sure
1: sorry I got the ticket on that pressure cooker mixed up, Mr. Reeves
5: Ah, uh, don't you fret about a little thing like that, Nancy You've been doing a good job Don't know how I'd have got along without you Better get what you want back there, mister Because I'm gonna lock up now I hmm, guess he didn't hear me uh, Sorry, mister, but we're closing up for tonight It'll still be on tomorrow. What, what, what are you doing with that bandana on your face? Shut up and do like I tell you. This gun ain't no
7: toy. Uh, what do you want? I want you to get moving and open up that cash register. Well, go on, get going, unless you want a load of lead in your belly. What is it, Mr.
1: Rick? Re- oh. It's
2: all right, Nancy.
6: Just stay where you are. Now, come on, open up that register and put the loot in this paper bag. Oh, Mr. Re- Keep your trap shut, sister. stay back. Uh, don't get scared, Nancy.
5: Uh, Mr.? The money in this cash register is everything I got in the world, and I'm not going to give it up to a sneak and see. You'll
7: put it in here or I'll plug you.
1: Mr. Reeves, do like he tells you, or else you might get hurt.
7: Yeah, all right. Come on, come on, hurry up. Uh, I, I, I'm hurrying. Put the change in the bag, too. that all of it? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay, then. Now move over to that wall and turn your back. Go on, you too, sister. Come on. All right. All right. Hurry up, I said! Now, don't either one of you make a move for five minutes, if you know what's good for you.
5: Dirty sneak thief. I'm not going to let him get away with this. Please, Mr. Reeves, do like he told me. You, you know I hate. I'm going to get his license number anyway. Mr.
1: Reeves, please don't go out there. Mr. Reeves! Stop that man!
2: Stop him! Uh, Mr. Reeves! Uh, Mr. Reeves! Mr. Reeves! Oh! <laughs>
4: Jim Reeves was rushed to the local hospital, and the sheriff of Corville County was summoned at once. Immediately, he notified the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson arrived at the scene 45 minutes later and began talking to Nancy Taylor, the girl who witnessed the holdup. I know you've been
8: badly shaken up, Miss Taylor, but I'm going to have to ask you to get hold of yourself and answer some questions.
2: He
1: never did anything to hurt anybody in his whole life. He was always helping.
8: You want to help us find who shot him, don't you?
1: Oh, yes, of course.
8: All right, then. Try to remember what the man looked like.
1: I told you. He had a bandana on. I couldn't see his face.
8: How tall was he?
1: I don't rightly know, Ranger, but he was a big fella. How big? About as tall as you are, I reckon. Oh, Mr. Reeves was always so good to everybody.
8: You know what kind of a car the man was driving?
1: It was black. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm certain. It was a black sedan. Yes, Sheriff? Hospital telephone.
8: Jim Reeves just regained consciousness. We better get over there as fast as we can. Okay, I'll talk to you later, Miss Taylor.
1: Is it going to be all right, Sheriff?
8: I'm sorry to upset you anymore, but I'm afraid not, Nancy. Doc says it's only a matter of time. No use to operate now.
1: <laughs> I told him not to run out there. I tried to make him stay inside. You
8: get some rest if you can, Miss Taylor. We'll see you later. You yeah, poor kid. Yeah, a very nice experience for a girl. Get anything, Jace? Not much. She says she's sure the car was black. Mm-hmm. Charlie Pratt thinks the last four digits on the license were 2144. Four. he isn't sure. Who's he, Sheriff? He's the druggist down at the corner. Did he see the shooting?
9: No, but heard the shots and ran out in the street just as the car was driving off.
8: 2144, four, huh? Yeah. I think we better send that out just on the chance he was right. I guess it wouldn't hurt. Unit 10 to KTXA. Unit 10 to KTXA.
2: KTXA to Unit 10. Go ahead.
8: Subject wanted for holdup and shooting in Corvell County this evening, believed to be about 6 feet 2, said to be driving black sedan. One witness reports last four digits of license may be 2144. 2144. Four. Alert all units and have license division check records of cars this description with matching digits. Unit 10 now proceeding to county hospital with sheriff to interrogate victim. 10-4. 10-4, if no other traffic. Unit 10, clear.
2: No
4: other traffic.
8: You dig, say, Austin. I guess just about everybody in Corvell's is going to feel as bad about this as Nancy does. I'm feeling kind of shook up myself. you known him a long time? Oh, yeah, and a nicer fella never lived than Jim Reeves.
9: Carrie, that's
8: his wife. Well, it'll be just like killing her, too, when they tell her. You been able to locate her yet?
9: Nope. Neighbor says she's taking a bunch of things she didn't need
8: over to a family on some ranch out yonder. Just like Carrie thinking of other folks even when she's moving and all. Where were they moving? Fort Worth. And they were both looking forward, so, to going up there. Daughter's got a little cottage in the back of her place. Jim and Carrie were always talking about Beth's kid and what a good time they were going to have being grandparents to Bunky. Thugs have a way of picking on good people. I don't know why. There are plenty of bad ones around.
7: Good folks are more trusting, that's why. I swear I don't know what Carrie's going to do now,
8: Jason. Our daughter'll help her, won't she? Oh, sure, but
9: Carrie's too conscientious to live on Beth. Jim worked a lot longer than he should have just so they could retire independent. I think Carrie'd take an old
8: age pension first. Well, maybe we can raise some money for her on the hardware stuff that's left. Mm-hmm, maybe, but I think Jim sold out most of his stock today. Well, we might get that money back for her yet. I sure hope so, Jason. I hope Mr. Reeves can give us some kind of a lead to go on.
9: It would help. Here we are, room three. We can go right in,
5: Jason. Uh, uh, Carrie?
9: She's coming to you as fast as she can, Jim. Uh, Sheriff? Yeah,
5: that's me. Uh, have, you, have you got that filly yet?
9: No, but we're uh, going to. This is Ranger Pearson, Jim. Uh, howdy. Uh, Sheriff. Yeah?
5: Uh, Carrie's going to
9: need that money off of that. Don't you worry about anything now.
5: No, don't. Give me that, Sheriff. I heard the doctor. heard him talking.
8: I feel so tired. Mr. Reeves, have you any uh, idea who the man was who held you up?
5: Uh, no. Must be getting old. Ought to be able to handle a fellow his size.
8: I thought he was a big man.
5: Uh-uh. Uh, little sheep.
8: How tall was he? Uh,
5: about... Five
8: heard... foot. Mm. Yes. Case. Yeah. A few minutes after we left Mr. Reeves' room, his wife arrived at the hospital, and the sheriff and I had to tell her he had just died. She took it even harder than we thought she would. We didn't want Mrs. Reeves to stay alone that night, so we drove her to a neighbor's house. By the time we left her, it was too late to talk to the druggist, Charlie Pratt. So we went down to his drugstore the next morning. Morning, Charlie.
6: Hello, Sheriff. You fellas located that runaway skunk yet?
8: Not yet, but we're sure trying to. Ranger Pearson here wants to talk to you, Charlie. Just wanted to check a couple of things with you.
6: I just can't believe it yet. Now, Jim Reeves and me have been playing dominoes together every Saturday for nine to ten years now. It's terrible. It's just terrible. That's what it is. My wife and I were just saying Charlie, last night, did you get a look at the man? No. When I come out, he was whizzing around this corner in that light-colored sedan like a bat out of Hades.
8: When Nancy Taylor said the car was black. Oh, that poor kid was so shook up, she probably don't know what she said. Could be. You're certain the car was light-colored, Mr. Foyle.
6: I'm positive. You see, I was sitting up here at the counter. I was eating my supper. I remember that because I was thinking at the time how good them codfish balls tasted.
8: Did you hear the shots?
6: I sure did. They nearly knocked me off my stool. Then I ran out into the street and I saw this car screeching around the corner. I tried as hard as I could to get the license. Someplace. We're sure
9: grateful for that, Charlie.
6: Then I, I saw Nancy come running out of the store. Uh, she was the first one to get to gym, and I reckon I got there next.
8: You say the car turned the corner right here.
6: Yeah? Oh, that poor kid. What a terrible sight for a young girl like that. Oh, Why, liable to give her nightmares for weeks, my wife says.
8: Sheriff, if the car turned the corner here and Nancy came out of the store afterwards, then she couldn't have seen it.
6: Well, I saw it, and you can strike me pink if I'm not right about it's being kind of a light color.
8: Well, thanks a lot, Mr. Pratt. Yes, yeah, so long, Charlie. Is there anything
6: more I can do to help you? You just let
8: me know. Nancy's ma says she just went all two pieces last night. I'd sooner take Charlie's word for the colored car. Look up the street, Sheriff. Yeah, She couldn't possibly have seen that car. No, not if it turned the corner before she came out. Well, I reckon Nancy's kind of mixed up about things. Yeah, she must be. I think we ought to have another talk with her, though. We may have radioed the wrong description of the car. We headed for Nancy Taylor's house. When we got there about 11, her mother told us she'd gone over to pay her respects to Mrs. Reeves. We drove over to the neighbor's where Mrs. Reeves was staying and waited in the car till Nancy came out. She was with her boyfriend, and we asked him to drive her down to the sheriff's office. We'd just gotten out of our car when they drove up behind us.
1: I'll wait out here for you, honey. Will it take long, Sheriff?
8: I can't tell. Why don't you come inside and wait, Bob? You'll be all right, won't you, Jake? Sure. Okay. Oh, try not to keep her any longer than you have to,
2: will you,
7: Sheriff? She had an awful
8: bad night, Mrs. Taylor, sir. Well, we'll make it as short as we can, Bob, but there are two, three things we want to clear up.
1: But, Ranger, I- I've told you everything I know about it. What more do you want to ask me that, that I haven't already talked to you about? Well, to
8: be sure and get your statement down as soon as we can, Nancy. The quicker we get at it, the more clearly you'll remember what happened. Yeah. Here. Sit down here,
1: Nancy. Right. Thank you.
8: Here's a chair for you, Bob. Oh, thank
1: you.
8: Nancy, we know when a thing like this happens, everybody gets a little excited.
1: Oh, he's the worst thing I've ever been through. He was the sweetest old man. and Poor Miss Reeves. Oh, I wanted to say something to make her feel better. I just couldn't think of a thing.
8: Let me ask you something, Nancy. How tall did you say that fellow was?
1: Well, uh, I don't know exactly, except he was pretty big.
8: We talked to Mr. Reeves before he died. He seemed to think the man was fairly short.
1: Ranger, I'm just sure he was a big, broad-shouldered man, kind of husky, as well as being tall. There's
8: another thing, Nancy. Yes, sir? You told me the car you saw was black. Yes, sir. Are you sure it wasn't a lighter color?
1: Well, um, it could have been a real dark green, I guess. Why?
8: We're having a little trouble getting the description of the car straight. Mr. Pratt says it was a light color.
1: He's wrong, Ranger. I I was closer than he was.
8: Of course, he says by the time you came out, the car had turned the corner.
1: Well, that isn't so. I ran right out there when I heard the shots. And, and I saw the car. It, it was either black or, or else maybe a very dark green. What's the matter? Don't you believe me?
8: It's your statement. I want to write it down and have you sign it. Now? Uh-huh. Uh, can
1: you wait, Bob?
8: Excuse me, Ranger. I don't mean to be butting in, but couldn't you do that
6: tomorrow? Nancy's been under an awful strain ever since this happened, and I know you'd get better results if you'd just
8: let her get some rest. I'll get it. The sooner we get an accurate description of the car, the better chance we have of catching the fellow.
1: Well, uh, as I say, minute. I'm, I'm not too sure whether it was black or green. Yep.
8: Well, That's all right. You can put that down in yep. your statement. Chase, maybe we better take Nancy's statement later. How come? License division says the number Charlie Pratt gave us belongs to a car dealer Nell El Montreux. Got a lot of cars there with the same dealer's number. Green and black sedans, both.
1: You mean you you found the car the fella used?
8: We don't know, but it looks like we're getting warmer.
0: Maybe now you'll be able to track that guy down, huh? I hope so.
8: Name of the dealer is Andy Rourke, Chase. Nancy, you stand by to identify him. Maybe we'll get that killing one bandit before you know it. (laughs)
3: In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers... starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson.
0: Friends, at this moment throughout the country... millions of motorists are beginning to wend their way home along crowded highways... from a long Memorial Day weekend. It is at times such as these when accidents happen more frequently... when death and driving draw closer together. You can help to decrease the accident and death rate on our nation's highways... Excessive speed for driving conditions is a major cause of many motor accidents. Control your speed at all times to keep within the safe speed, not just the legal limit. America's professional truck drivers are taught to drive ahead of themselves to avoid accidents by seeing them threatened before they can happen. They know that careful driving keeps them from having accidents which may take lives. Speed is the number one killer on the highways, so drive carefully today on your way home from an enjoyable weekend and tomorrow wherever you go in your car. Exercise caution, courtesy, and the golden rule for the life you save may be your own. Now the second act of Tales of the Texas Rangers.
3: We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Sellout.
8: Sheriff and I decided the druggist Charlie Pratt was the best one to help us spot the car. We told the tailor girl to be available in the event we picked up the killer. Then we headed for El Montro. As we drove up to the dealer's place, two highway patrolmen were talking to a large man in the used car lot. Okay, Mr. Pratt.
6: All right, Ranger.
8: That must be Rourke standing over there with the patrolman. Say, Jase? He's a big guy, isn't he? I guess Nancy's description was right. Yeah. Howdy, boys. You Andy Rourke? Yeah. I'd like to ask you a few questions, if you don't mind.
5: Well, I've answered so many from the highway patrol today, I'm getting kind of used to it.
8: That's fine.
5: Look, Ranger, what is this? Sergeant here says you got me mixed up in that murder up in Corvell yesterday.
8: That's right. Witness saw your license on the murder car.
5: That's a dealer's license. Got it on most of my cars sitting here in the lot.
8: Where were you about 6.30 yesterday evening, Mr. Rourke?
5: I was out demonstrating one of my cars to a customer.
8: What's his name?
5: I don't know. Some fella going through town.
8: You know where we could reach him? No, I don't. That's not much of an alibi, Rourke. You got any black sedans or dark green ones in here?
5: Sure, I got two black sedans and one dark green one. Well, Ranger, I'm dead sure it was a lighter color.
8: Mind if we look around? Help yourself. Only get it over with, will you? I wouldn't be giving orders if I were you, Rourke.
5: Uh, Sorry, Ranger. I'll be around if you need me.
8: Suppose you come along and start showing us those sedans.
5: Okay. There's the two black ones over there and the dark green ones over yonder.
8: Take a good look at these cars now, Mr. Pratt. Uh, no,
6: no. It wasn't either one of these. I'm still dead sure it was kind of light-colored.
8: You got any light-colored cars, Rourke? What color? We don't know exactly.
6: Hey, hey, hey here it is. This is the one, Ranger. I know it just as sure as I'm standing
8: here. Are you positive? Yeah.
6: That's the one. You see those vertical guards in the bumper?
8: Mm-hmm.
6: Well, the reason I couldn't get the whole number is because those stuck
5: up in front of the plate. I remember now.
8: Was this the car you were demonstrating yesterday, Mr. Rourke?
5: Say, say, wait a minute.
8: I'm waiting. Come to think of it, I loaned that car to a fellow yesterday. What was his name?
5: Well, darn if I can remember now. Come in here and wanted a grease job done on his car. Needed transportation and took kind of a shine to this sedan. Thought I might sell it to him if I let him use it for a few hours.
8: Don't you keep a record of the names of people who borrow your car? Yeah, yeah.
5: I got it right in my book here. Yeah, yeah. Here it is. Robert Thatcher.
8: RFD 43 Corvell. Let me see that. Robert Thatcher? Uh Uh-huh. Nancy Taylor's boyfriend. (laughs) We headed back to Corvell. By 6.30, we'd picked up a warrant for Thatcher's arrest and drove out to his house. His mother answered the door.
9: Howdy, Miss Thatcher.
1: Well, hello, Sheriff.
9: Is uh, Bob at home?
1: No, he ain't.
9: Oh Well, when do you expect him?
1: Well, I don't rightly know, Sheriff.
9: Ranger and I'd like to talk to you for a minute, ma'am.
1: Well, all right. Come in.
8: When did Bob leave, Mrs. Thatcher?
1: Oh, about an hour ago, I reckon. Why? Can
8: you tell us where he went?
1: I didn't have no chance to ask him. What you want with him?
8: Ma'am... I'm sorry to be the one to break it to you, but it looks like he's in trouble.
1: Serious trouble?
8: Yeah. We want to talk to him about Jim Reeves' murder. We have evidence he was probably driving the murder car the evening it happened.
1: I don't believe it.
8: You know if Bob owns a gun? No, we don't. Have you ever seen a thirty-two around the house? No. I sure am sorry to distress you with this, ma'am. It does look funny Bob's taking off so sudden.
1: Wait a minute. The the reason Bob took off, Sheriff, was because he'd been having a fuss with his girlfriend.
8: Nancy Taylor?
1: Yeah. But the kids come home this afternoon and they told me they were going to lope. That don't sound like he's mixed up in no murder, does it?
8: Did Nancy go with him?
1: No. They had a little tiff while they were sitting out in the car. You know how kids are. Used to be kind of ornery like that myself. And, and while Bob was packing, Nancy run off.
8: Do you know where she went?
1: No. Oh, she's all upset, and Bob, he run after her. When he come back, he said he left her down to the creek somewheres. He was mad, but well, I reckon he'll cool off and come home before nightfall.
8: Mrs. Thatcher, I've only one horse in my trailer. You got one the sheriff could borrow?
1: Well, yes, I think so. Why?
8: I reckon we better see if Nancy's all right.
1: Ranger, if you're thinking my Bob might have done something to Nancy, well, you're wrong.
8: Maybe we are, ma'am, but we're not taking any chances. (music) Mrs. Thatcher stood by the corral fence, staring after us as we picked up the double tracks and rode out across the field. They led to a dry wash and were fairly easy to follow. Oh, oh, Charlie! Oh, 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 oh. Look, Sheriff. Yeah. That your steps turn back here and hers go on.
4: You think she's all right then?
8: I hope so. Let's move on a little farther and see where these tracks lead. Get up, boy. Come on. Oh, wait a minute. Hold it, Sheriff. Oh, oh, Charlie.
1: Oh, what is it, Jace? Oh, oh, oh. The
8: tracks stop here. It must be close by.
1: Here I am, Ranger. I thought it might be him again. That's why I was hiding. I was scared. I'm mighty relieved at you, Ranger.
9: Sit down here on this log a minute, Nancy. You look pretty tuckered.
1: I'm not tuckered, Sheriff. I'm I'm terrified. If I couldn't run fast, I'd be dead by now. He was going to get me. He meant it, too. Bob Thatcher? Yeah. You see, when he heard you were going down to the car lot, he knew you'd find he borrowed that car. So he told me all about it.
8: Killing Jim Reeves, you mean.
1: Yeah. Of course, I was just horrified. I didn't want to have any more to do with him. Imagine killing that sweet old man.
8: Yeah. I was thinking about it.
1: Well, when I told Bob how I felt about, about crime and, and the like, he just turned on me. He started slapping me around. Oh, it was awful. It scared me after death. He said he'd kill me if I wouldn't run off with him. Imagine trying to get me mixed up in this thing.
8: You are mixed up in it.
1: Why, Ranger? I didn't have anything to do with shooting You
8: had plenty to do with framing the holdup that led to the killing, though, didn't you?
1: Uh, Ranger, I just can't understand how you can even think anything so awful, let alone say it to me. You
8: can stop crying, Miss Taylor, because it isn't fooling anyone anymore. What do you mean? I mean you tried to throw us off the track by lying to us and giving us wrong information about the man's height and the color of the car.
1: Oh, well, gee, Ranger, it was my boyfriend. I, I was just trying to protect him until I could persuade him to give himself up. I was just being loyal. You you know how women are.
8: I thought you said a minute ago you didn't know anything about it till this afternoon.
1: Did I? I'm just all mixed up, that's all. You
8: sure are. You're coming in with us now.
1: Ranger, listen. Would it help you any if I told you what Bob told me about the money? What about the money? Well, you see, he put it in the Grain Exchange Bank down in Elvira Saturday morning before he knew about the license number. Yeah. Well, the bank was closed at noon Saturday and... And all day Sunday, he couldn't get it out.
8: You mean he's going to pick it up Monday morning?
1: Oh, I'm dead sure he will. Th- that is, knowing Bob, I-, I don't think he'd leave without it.
8: Without even knowing him, I don't think so either. Come on, Miss Taylor. I'm taking you into town. i going to drop you off the county jail.
1: Me? Well, I've just been trying to help you, Ranger.
8: You have. And we'll be on hand to meet your boyfriend when the bank opens Monday. <laughs> When the bank in Elvira opened Monday morning, the sheriff and I were staked out across the street and around the corner from the building so we could see Thatcher when he showed up. We told the manager of the bank our plan, and he gave us a key to the back door. Two minutes after the bank opened, Thatcher appeared. As soon as he was inside, we moved up closer. You think we ought to grab him now, Jace? No, wait till he draws the money out. You go in the front, sheriff. I'm gonna hot-foot it around to the back door. You got the key? Yeah, right here. Now, don't go up to him until you see me open the back door, sheriff. Remember that. Because then if he gives us any trouble, I can grab him. Okay, Jason.
6: All right, Thatcher, let's have that cash. All right,
2: sir.
6: don't you come any closer.
2: I'm warning you.
7: Put down that gun,
6: Thatcher. You've already killed
7: one man. But make sure they got mine killing another. The first one's the hardest, you know. Put that gun down. You don't want to step aside, Sheriff. I'll put a bullet right in your gullet <laughs> with this gun, Thatcher.
4: We need it for evidence. Give me that gun. Give it to me. All right. I didn't mean to kill the old
10: man, Ranger. Get up. The
8: gun just went off in my hand, honest. Yeah. Guns have a way of doing that when you point them at people. And when you hold someone up with them, they usually backfire.
3: In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. Rangers. And now, here are the results of the
4: case you have just heard. Ballistics proved that the bullet which entered Jim Reeves' body came from Thatcher's thirty-two revolver. Thatcher signed a full confession and was sentenced to life imprisonment in the state penitentiary at Huntsville. Nancy Taylor received a sentence of 15 years in the women's prison at Gory.
3: Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers.
11: Hi, everyone. The holiday season is upon us, and I'll be glued to the telly for BritBox on many a night. I've already shared with you the fact that I keep up with Father Brown and Poirot at BritBox. I also check out their new stuff, like the new series Archie, which tells the story of Archie Leach, otherwise known to millions of filmgoers
3: Texas Rangers starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Unleashed Fury. It is 3:30 a.m.
4: during the night of April 25th, 1938. Near the town of Carnesville, Texas, Ralph Lang and his wife were asleep in the upstairs bedroom of their farmhouse. Outside the house, a car pulls to a stop. And a moment later, Lang is awakened by someone knocking on the front door. He gets up and goes downstairs. All right. Who is it? Ranger Morgan. That's Ranger.
2: Oh.
0: Sorry to wake you up, sir. Oh, it's all right. What is it? You hear anyone prowling around your house tonight? What, no? Why? Well, I don't want to scare you, but we're looking for one of the inmates from the state hospital. You mean somebody escaped from the asylum? Yes, sir, about one this morning. We're checking all the houses in the area. Your door's locked? Yeah,
7: always keep them locked at night. Uh, this man, is he dangerous? Yes, sir. He's a killer. I see. I'll have to move on now. Just make sure you keep your doors and windows locked and let us know if you see or hear anything. I will. Thanks for warning us. Uh, nobody, honey. You go back to bed. Uh, good night, sir. Good night, Ranger. Who was
10: that?
7: Texas Ranger.
10: What do you want?
7: Nothing, honey.
10: That ain't so. What's a ranger doing around here this time of
7: night? Now, Ginny. What
10: is it, Ralph? What's happened?
7: Nothing, I tell you. Just some fella got out of the hospital. Rangers are looking for him. Why'd they come here? They're checking all the houses around here. Just wanted to know if we'd seen him. Ralph. I'm scared. Now, honey, there's nothing to worry about. Let's go back to bed.
10: I think you ought to look around the house
7: first. Sure, we, we keep our doors and windows locked, he can't... Please, Ralph. All right, honey, all right. But there ain't a way he could have got in. Besides, if he did, we'd have heard him. But now...
10: All the same. I'd feel better if, if you had a look. Okay. Ralph, I'm scared.
7: Now, honey, you don't have to be scared. Here, I'll switch on the living room light. There. You see, not a soul.
10: You better look in the kitchen.
7: Well, oh, Jenny, the kitchen door's locked.
10: I'm not sure I locked it. Uh-huh. I-, I can't remember.
7: All right. I'll go out there.
2: Be careful, Ralph.
7: I will. Nobody out here.
10: See if the door's locked.
7: Uh-huh. What? You were right. It was unlocked. I'll lock it up. Now I've looked. What do you say? We go back upstairs and get some sleep.
2: I'm still scared, Rabbit. Ginny,
7: you gotta get hold of yourself. Now there's nothing to be scared about. I'll just get this light. Huh?
6: Listen.
7: I don't hear nothing. Upstairs. Sounded like our bedroom door. Let me make sure. Don't leave me. No, honey. Come on, come on. Yeah. It's closed.
10: He's upstairs. He, he must have been hiding in the hall. We didn't know
7: it. I better phone him. No,
10: no. No, he hear you. Let's go. All right, come on.
7: Shh, i take you this flame lock.
10: Light in our bedroom. He just let out.
7: Jack, yeah, come on, we get the car. What's the matter? The car keys. They're upstairs.
1: Oh, what are we gonna do? Ralph, the window.
2: He's watching us.
7: Come on, we gotta get out of here.
4: When the couple reached the nearest house, half a mile away, they called the police. Radio word was flashed to Texas Rangers Jace Pearson and Clay Morgan, who were covering that area in separate cars. Ranger Pearson had just arrived at the Lang farmhouse when Ranger Morgan pulled up. Jace! Over here,
8: Clay. I checked this place just 30 minutes ago. Mm Mm-hmm. House is dark. and could still be in there. Let's go find out. Sure hope we get him fast. I have to think of a guy like this Charlie Brock one around the countryside. Yeah. Try the door. Yeah.
0: It's unlocked. There's the light. I'll get it.
8: Doesn't look like he's down here anyhow. Let's get upstairs. Stay on your toes. he gets cornered, he probably put up a fight. The bedroom door's closed.
0: You hear anything, Jason?
8: No. Let's go in. Easy.
0: Not here. Reckon the Langs could have been imagining things? I don't think so. Look at this
8: hospital clothes. Charlie was here all right. Probably helped himself to one of Mr. Lang's suits. We'll get a description of anything that's missing. What do you figure we ought to do now? He can't be too far away. Let's go outside and see if we can pick up any kind of trail. Might not do any harm to have a look at that barn back of the house. Yeah, we'll check there first. And if we don't find any tracks, we'll split up and start covering the area. The tough part is we don't have any way of figuring what it'll do next. uh uh-uh. Wish we could see that barn better. Moon's just gone down behind the hill. Yeah, we'll see all right soon as we get a little closer. Must be pretty slippery to break out of that hospital. Yeah, vicious too. You remember his case? Well, all I know is he murdered his parents about ten years ago. Parents and two sisters. Clubbed him to death. yeah. Wonder what makes a man go off a. Hold it a second. What is it? I thought I heard something. Yeah, there it is again. Sounds like
0: gravel rolling down this hill. Come on. Jason! There he is. Stand on that ridge. You can see a silhouette. Hold it, Charlie!
8: There's right, no use, Clay. He just went over the rise. How about that?
7: They're the whole time watching us. He sure got nerve.
8: More than that. Watch yourself when we get to the top. Yeah. And I'll be.
9: Where'd he go? There's not a sign of him.
8: He's got to be around somewhere. Let's keep moving. Charlie Brock's trail led through a stretch of brush and ended on the bank of a shallow creek. Clay went back for our horses, and we continued to scour the area. By noon, we were convinced Charlie had gotten away. We decided that the psychiatrist at the state hospital might be able to give us some information that would help in our search. We went there. Dr. Gallus showed us the window of the isolation room through which Charlie had escaped. He had sawed the bars with a piece of string coated with wax and scouring powder.
6: Oh, it's unbelievable, Ranger. Three heavy bars. And only that piece of string to work with. The patience of the man.
8: How long was he in isolation, Doctor?
6: Uh, About three months, can't imagine why one of the attendants didn't notice what he was doing.
8: It seems like he was pretty clever about that, too. Uh, little bits of chewing gum on the ends of the bars. Probably used to cover up his progress. Look at the way those bars have been out, Jace. Took a strong man to do that even after
0: they were sawed through.
6: Uh, Charlie's strong. He's incredibly strong. Oh, that's my call. You want to wait here, Rangers? I shouldn't be long.
8: Well, we'll come along with you. We're anxious to get going as soon as we ask you a few more questions. Certainly. Certainly.
6: I was saying I didn't realize how strong Charlie was till we had to put him in isolation. What happened? Well, we had just admitted a young man to the hospital, schoolteacher. One day he was talking to Charlie. Now, something he said must have made Charlie angry. Did Charlie attack him? Yes, he did. It took six attendants to get Charlie under control. He almost killed the schoolteacher. Was that the first time you had trouble with him? Yes, he's always been very quiet, too quiet. We weren't able to do much with him in the way of therapy.
8: What about his killing his parents and sisters? Were you ever able to figure out the reason for it? Yeah, it wasn't easy to get Charlie to talk, but we
6: gathered they'd always made
0: fun of him. He'd
6: been taken out of school when he was 16 and still in fourth grade, and his family didn't let him forget
8: it. He was older than 16 when he killed them, wasn't he? Yes. Oh, just a second, Rangers. I have the key right here. Wasn't Charlie in his middle 20s when he came here?
6: Uh, 24. Seems he ran away from home after he was taken out of school. He came back to see the bluff. That's his hometown, eight years ago. Well, after he'd been home only two months, he... Well, you know the rest. Uh Uh-huh. After you, Randy. Excuse me while I see what the call desk wants. Dr. Gallus, do you want me? Oh, just a minute. Uh, Desk has a message for either one
0: of you. I'll take it, Chase. Ranger Morgan.
6: Yeah, hold on. Uh, I certainly hope you catch up with Charlie soon, Ranger. So do we? Hello? He's dangerous. He's extremely yeah. dangerous. And completely unpredictable. Yeah? Wait. There's no telling when he'll try to yeah, kill we'll again.
8: But you think he will try to kill. I wish I could say no.
0: Sorry, but, uh, Doctor. Uh, we better get going, Chase. Who was it? Town Marshal's office over at Rockville.
8: Somebody spotted Charlie Brock at a schoolyard there. <laughs> We took my car and made the 18 miles from the hospital to Rockville in 20 minutes. It was 3.30 when we arrived. The schoolyard was deserted. We began looking for the town marshal. We found his car parked two blocks from the school. As we pulled up, we saw the marshal just leaving a house. We got out of our car and walked toward him.
9: Howdy, Rangers. Boy, I sure am glad to see the pair of you. Got any leads on him, marshal? Uh, not yet. The only one seen him was Miss Canine over at the school, uh... She's one of the teachers there. How long ago was this? Let's see. It must have been two hours ago. And you know, I got right out to the school. He'd already disappeared. I've been looking everywhere, doing a house-to-house now. Uh Uh-huh. You're sure it was Charlie Brock the teacher saw? Well, couldn't have been nobody else. Oh, Norma Canine, she don't make mistakes. Uh, She said she recognized his picture from the paper. Even if she hadn't, couldn't have been no doubt about it from the way he was acting. How do you mean? Well, uh... Miss Canine, she had the kids out in the school yard, And uh, she seen this fella standing outside the fence. Well, she didn't pay much attention to him. And then she scolded one of the kids a little. <laughs> and this fella starts screaming at her. And carrying on crazy-like.
8: Did he come into the schoolyard?
9: Miss Canine, she didn't wait to see. Why, she just took the kids inside and called me. I come right out. Darnest thing I ever seen how I can't find him. Where's Miss Canine now? She's over at her house. You see, she don't have no car, so I rode her home in mine. She was right upset. I guess she was. Yep. She got herself in such a state, I had to get one of the neighbors to stay with her. I tell you, Rangers, I sure hope you catch this fella fast. I don't want no part, no maniac in my town, no sir.
8: You say you covered all the area around the school?
9: Well, we covered every street and every house right up to here. There ain't no place she could hide for me. Not the way I know this town but I ain't been able to find him. Well, we'll give you a hand. It's pretty tough for you to be working alone anyhow. Well, just between you and me, Rangers, I'd be happy if it's you calling him and not me. I don't mind handling traffic offenders, but this maniac, uh huh, he's something different. We know.
8: Our radio station's standing by to flash us in case anything happens. How will they know? They asked your town operator to
9: call them. I'm going to get me a radio in my car one of these days. Mighty handy thing to have. Especially when he got something like this here Brock fella loose in town. Yeah, well, we'll see
8: you later, Marshal. I
9: hope you get him, Rangers. I sure hope you get him.
8: I figure he might still be around, Jason. I will even try to guess how close we were to him last night. He was watching us the whole time we were around the Lang farmhouse, and we didn't know it. Yeah, and that was the second time in an hour I could have had him if I'd have known. Well, I reckon the best thing to do is cover the outskirts of town. Maybe we'll be able to spot him somewhere along the. This... <laughs> Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead, KTXA.
4: Unit 10 arrived in town of Rockville?
8: Unit 10 in Rockville. Go ahead.
4: Investigate house at 573 Oak Street. Man has attempted to strangle a Miss Laura Stanwick. The 7th believed to be Charles Brock.
3: In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story Unleashed Fury.
8: We drove to the address indicated in the radio call. It was a small bungalow, set a little apart from the rest of the houses on the street. When we arrived, a number of neighbors were already in the house and stood in little groups in the living room and kitchen. Two or three people were comforting Laura Stanwyck, a girl in her early 20s. No, no,
2: she no, was no. sitting at the I'm kitchen table. Excuse us. Uh,
8: let us through here, please. Folks, if you don't mind, we'd like to ask Miss Stanwick a few questions. We won't be long. Miss Stanwick. <laughs> We're sorry to bother you, but there are a few things we have to know.
10: It was so awful. Awful.
8: Did you get a good look at the man?
10: Yes. His eyes and the way his mouth.
8: Had you ever seen him before?
10: Only his picture in the paper. He was the man who... Oh, I'm sorry.
8: The man who escaped from the hospital last night? Yes. Can you tell us how it happened?
10: Well, I was standing here at the table peeling potatoes. I heard the kitchen door open and I looked around. Oh, it was so awful.
8: I'm sure it was.
10: He jumped at me. Made the most horrible sound. Like an animal. I felt him put his hands around my throat. Yes, ma'am? I think I jabbed his shoulder with a knife. I'm not sure. After that, I, I must have fainted.
8: Is this the knife you were using to peel potatoes? Yes. little speck of blood on the tip, Chase. She might have nicked him. Uh-huh. Anyhow, it was enough to scare him away. Miss Stanwick. You say you only saw this man's picture in the papers. You never actually saw him until he came into your kitchen. No. Were you home the whole day?
10: Oh, no. i I'd just gotten home from school a few minutes before he came here. School? I'm a teacher at the grammar school.
8: Jeez. Uh-huh. Uh, how'd you get home from school, Miss Stanley? Walk? I drove. Is that your coupe out in front, the blue one? Yes. Where was it parked?
10: Right outside the school building, where I always leave it.
8: When you got into the car, do you remember if you looked in the back seat?
10: What? No, I don't think I did. Miss Go, she's the fourth grade teacher. She was standing by the car when I got in. I remember we talked a few minutes about report cards. No, I, I'm sure I didn't look in the back.
8: Well, even if you had, it would have been tough to see anybody if he was lying on the floor.
10: You mean he was in my car the whole time I was driving home?
8: It sounds that way, ma'am. Oh. That's probably why the marshal didn't spot Charlie. Picked himself a good place to hide.
10: Ranger... You don't think that man will come back?
8: I don't know. You better have one of your neighbors stay with you until he's picked up.
10: Oh, that awful man. I know I won't sleep till you get him. Oh, please, Rangers. you got to get him.
8: We questioned the neighbors. Nobody had seen Charlie Brock enter or leave the house. Working in cooperation with the marshal and a posse of townspeople, we covered every inch of the town... At ten that evening, Clay and I went into a restaurant to get something to eat before continuing the search.
0: Tired, Jase?
8: Oh, not too much.
0: I don't know. Beats me how these guys disappeared.
8: Mm, me too, unless he's hiding someplace we haven't thought of looking. Can't
0: think of where that would be. We've hit just about every alley, cellar, and backyard in town. Uh, you want to hand me the salt and pepper? Uh, yeah. Thanks. Like I said last night,
8: you can always try to outguess an ordinary criminal, figure out some kind of M.O. on him. With this guy, you never know what he's going to do next. I've been thinking about that. Seems to me we do have something that looks like an M.O. You mean schools? Uh-huh. Remember while he was in the hospital, he jumped a school teacher. And today, he was after two others. Yeah? Yeah, forms a pattern, all right, but why? That's yeah, something Dr. Gallus would have to say for sure. But it sounds like Charlie feels everything that's gone wrong for him started with school and teachers.
0: Now suppose it's true.
8: Suppose he's going to hit another school. Where does that leave us? We can't cover every school in Texas. No, but there's one we can cover. One that could be a pretty likely choice for Charlie. Which one's that? Charlie's hometown, Cedar Bluff. It's only about 20 miles from here. Yeah? Well, how can we be sure? We can't. But if you draw a straight line between the hospital and Cedar Bluff, what's it cut through? Well, let's see. It... Hey, it does come right through here. You figure Charlie
0: might have just been sidetracked for a few hours this afternoon, and maybe the place he really meant to go when he broke out was his hometown?
8: Uh uh-huh. There's more than half a chance he may be heading for the school where he used to go. He could figure that this school is the root of all his trouble. You might have something at that, Jase. You finished eating? Yeah, I've had enough. Let's get over to Cedar Bluff. We arrived in Cedar Bluff a little before midnight and awakened the principal of the grammar school, a man named Dunn. He'd been one of Charlie Brock's teachers and twice the victim of Brock's violence. Mr. Dunn admitted that he'd been more than uneasy since reading of Charlie's escape. He also felt the strong possibility of Charlie showing up at the school. following morning, Clay and I arrived at the school before it opened. By 8.30, the children began arriving. Fifteen minutes later, Mr. Dunn walked toward where we stood, just outside the school building.
6: Good morning. Good morning, Rangers.
8: Morning, Mr. Dunn.
6: Well, you know, I, I've i got to confess it. After you left me last night, I hardly slept
8: awake. I'm sorry if we bothered you, but we thought it was necessary.
6: But of course it was. Oh, uh, good morning, Miss Hoffman. Good morning, I kept thinking about Charlie Brock and the trouble he gave us when he went to school here. I expect he was a real problem, huh? Yes, he wasn't. It's so strange. In most ways, he was a completely backward boy. But sometimes, when it came to covering up something he'd done, he, he was actually brilliant.
8: And we've seen some examples of his brilliance, like the way he broke out of the hospital.
6: Well, once you've been close to him, you, you never forget him. He was like, oh, he was like some vicious animal. I can still remember the way he looked... And that was over, oh, 15 years ago. Uh-huh. And I certainly hope he doesn't show up here with all these children around.
8: We'll be watching for him, Mr. Dunn, just in case.
6: Mm-hmm. Don't you want to come into my office where you can make yourselves comfortable?
8: Thanks, but we'd better stay in our car. There might be some radio calls. Besides, we'll have a better view of the school from there.
6: Uh, your car? I'm afraid I don't see
8: it. Oh, behind those trees, Mr. Dunn. We got out of the way, especially for Charlie's benefit.
6: Oh, yes,
8: yes. And call us if you want us.
6: Well, thank you, but... I hope I don't have
8: to. We'll see you later, Mr. Dunn. Come on, play. Yeah. That Mr. Dunn reminds me of a teacher I had when I was going to school in Wichita Falls.
2: Uh-huh.
8: Hey, hear that, Jase? Remember how there were days when you'd hear that bell while you're still two blocks away from school? Yeah. You'd start worrying because you were late and there was nothing you could do about it. <laughs> yeah, except start thinking of a good excuse. I wonder what goes on in Charlie Brock's mind when he hears a school bell ring. Yeah, he probably thinks it's the end of the world. Could be you're not far wrong. Well, we better get in and settle down. We're liable to be here all day.
0: Ten thirty must be the recess bell. Uh huh. Sort of funny about it, Charlie. You'd think if he was gonna show, he'd have been here by now.
8: I don't know, Clay. Maybe I was wrong.
0: Well, the way you had it figured sounded like pretty good reasoning.
8: Could be he's sleeping somewhere. Maybe he'll turn up this afternoon. Maybe. Well, I'm beginning to wonder.
9: Yeah. If he doesn't show by this afternoon, you want to move on?
8: Well, it might be the best idea. we get the constable to keep watching. Geez. There's Mr. Dunn on the steps. He's waving to us. Where's your... Where's your... Looks pretty excited about something. Come on, let's go.
6: The building. Where? He tried to kill Miss Hoffman. Oh, it was awful the way he looked. Where'd he go? Uh, uh, Upstairs, I think.
8: Come on, Clay. Right. Must be up this way.
0: He didn't come in while we were here. Must have broken in the school last night and slept
8: here. Yeah, try that first classroom. I'll get the other one. Right.
0: Nobody in here.
8: This one's empty, too.
0: Might as well work our way down the hall. We gotta get.
8: Wait a minute. I just saw the door he shut. If he is in there, try not to make any sudden moves. Just keep talking while we work toward him. Yeah. Jase, in the corner. Uh-huh. All right, Charlie. Come on now, boy. Easy now, Charlie. Nobody's gonna hurt you. You just come along with us. Yeah.
7: He's going for that flower
8: pot. No, Charlie. Put it down. Put it down, Charlie. Watch it, Jake! Come on, Charlie. You're going with us now. Easy, Charlie.
7: Grab She got you! got you! Come on, Charlie. Can you hold him for just a minute?
8: Now, let's go, Charlie. Everything's going to be all right now. That's a boy, now. Easy does it. Down this way, Charlie.
6: Is everything all right, Ranger? Uh, Mr. Dunn,
8: I think you'd better get back in one of the classrooms uh, till we get Charlie uh, Surely, Ranger, surely.
7: All
9: right, Charlie. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go.
8: You'll be all right, Charlie.
9: I don't belong in there. They do. They do. They do.
2: They do! Come on, boy.
3: And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard.
4: Charlie Brock was returned to the hospital where he was placed in a special isolation room. Despite continued efforts at therapy by the psychiatrist, Brock's condition grew steadily worse. On November 10th, 1940, Charlie Brock died quietly in his sleep.
3: Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of... The Texas Rangers!